Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast with your hosts, the Battle Bros, Taylor and Isaac. How's it going, Isaac? Great. Good morning, Taylor. Good morning. Yeah, that's a big switch from last time. Early in the morning here on the West Coast. Yep. Doing this before work. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, it's a beautiful day today. No fog, you know? No smoke, really. There's a lot of fires here in Northern California. Yeah, it's been pretty oppressive uh, at my house. It's been very smoky every day, so uh, seeing blue sky is like pretty uplifting. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why you guys are not here, is weather talk. You guys are here for (laughs) flesh and blood. So first, we're going to start off the podcast with some news, and then we're going to move into our impressions of the new set, Crucible of War, Um, and then uh, we're going to have some other excellent topics that we won't spoil right now but keep you on the edge of your seat. Excellent. So here we go. So the news. So a lot of players or enough players have been opening packs with damaged cards in them. So um, if you happen to be one of those unfortunate people who has uh, damaged cards, you can head over to uh, fleshandbloodtcg.com and there they... um, kind of detail how you can get those replaced. So that's like a really cool thing that Legend Story Studios is doing is that they're going to replace your damaged cards. Right, which I mean, it's a pretty big bummer to get cards straight out of the pack and have the edges scuffed. Or I've noticed on some of mine's the face will be a little scratched. Yeah. You can see in the light. So um, yeah, good good job, flesh and blood. Yeah. um, Man, I even saw somebody's Arknight shard was like, like totally scraped you know thousand dollar card just destroyed basically so um yeah that's another reason why we really like this game and like this company is because they are um quick to react on that sort of thing in a really positive way that influences how um the players view them and that sort of thing i feel like other companies would uh just say well tough tough luck or it would take them months for them to come up with a solution so it's amazing that they can do that so quickly yeah they're really on top of it um in that same vein we were appreciating earlier that uh all the brand new cards are already explained online so if you have a a card from this new set and you have any questions about how it functions you can go to their website and it's like already up there they're not waiting for people to uh, be confused and blog about it and then respond later um which is very cool. Yeah, that's that's great to have um, release notes when you have a set that comes out. So just, uh, you know, another reason why Flesh and Blood is probably going to be one of the uh, top games in the world because of stuff like this. Okay, moving on. Uh, this maybe doesn't pertain too much to our, our American audience, but our two listeners that we have in New Zealand who perhaps maybe don't even listen to other podcasts, but you should or aren't a part of the Facebook group, uh, Nationals has a little update. Um, they're going ahead with Nationals in Wellington on the 26th and 27th of September. Um, there's some more information about that that Alan Hale from Razor Reflex has posted in the Facebook group, so you can go check that out. Um, but they have an announcement on, I think, Tuesday the 8th of September. Yep, that's correct. Um, that will have much more details. And so if you have any questions, you can just um, hang in there until Tuesday, and then hopefully your questions will be answered. Um, so that's exciting that we're still going to have nationals even during um, COVID times. Yeah, definitely. It's really nice that, uh, I mean, there's much greater benefits to uh, effectively combating a pandemic. But way down the list on those it's very nice that new zealand has uh effectively suppressed this so they can be kind of our haven for flesh and blood totally. and board games and we can uh see some competitive some, play yeah some competition somewhere yeah. um and kind of uh watch their meta yeah which has been great which perfect segue great job co-host nailed it <laughs> uh which leads us to the the weekend after the release of Crucible um, in Nelson in New Zealand, they had a 
the first tournament since the release of the new set. Um, and then uh, Adept Gaming, I believe, on YouTube has some of those games up there for you to watch. Um, and the winner of that with his Ninja Turtle deck was Jason Long. Really great play. Um, you can watch his finals match uh, against a Warrior deck. Sorry, uh, buddy, I can't remember who the second place guy was at this moment. Yeah, and uh, so we're just going to briefly touch on this, but uh, the Session Blood guys, did a they do awesome commentary and an awesome episode pretty much only talking about this tournament so if you like want to hear about the tournament and like more in-depth takes on it check them out yeah definitely um so um you got any any thoughts after um watching those games and seeing how that tournament played out yeah so for started it i mean the tournament happened like like two days after the new set was released or like it wasn't very long yeah so what we saw a lot of was uh people would splash in new cards just like a better version of some component they were rocking right into their kind of old tried and true decks Mm -hmm. so nobody or maybe not nobody but just from what i saw a lot of people didn't like try to discover and execute a brand new mechanic to um surprise their opponents they just kind of tinkered their uh already good deck which is pretty understandable maybe two days is just not enough time to like build and then play test a brand new idea yeah i suppose it depends on how serious you the player want to take it you know i'm sure these guys are these guys and gals are definitely taking it as serious as possible but uh you know, there's a lot at play there because you're not sure how many cards from the new set have been spoiled. Um, you know, you could definitely take those images and play on like a tabletop simulator and get some reps in that way. Uh, but there's also the factor that maybe that you don't want to give away your real spicy new deck before Nationals. So you kind of are playing with something else that um, is less spicy, but will hopefully get you to those top tables and earn you some points to get to uh, nationals. So there's there's that at play too. But you know you do as the uh, spectator, you definitely want to see a spicy deck in there. Somebody coming like brute with the claws or Dorinthia also dual wielding or just to see the wizard maybe blast his way into a victory. Like, you know, right. You definitely want to see that as the spectator, but um, understandable that that sort of thing did not happen. Right. I mean, that's a good point. Like if you, I mean, I'm not sure if this will happen, but if you have broken the game or like smashed the current meta, yeah, yeah, maybe you're saving it for nationals. But the game you bring here still has to be really good, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you want a spot at Nationals, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a fine line to have to walk. I'm not sure what I would do in that. Actually, I'm 100% positive what I would do in that tournament. If I was at Nelson, I would have just brought the the spiciest little meatball I could have and just, you know, done my testing out there in the wild, you know? Yeah, totally. Break, break the seal. Like, there it is. Make new weird decks, everybody. See if you can win, you know? Agreed. I like that because a couple. I was very happy that so the defensive ninja deck mm-hmm. was really interesting. And it made good use of some new cards because uh, playing a two or a, or a yellow or a blue, mm-hmm. it could kadachi, kadachi, and then play a free attack at the end or maybe a one cost attack still for some good damage um with only two cards from hand defending with the rest um so we did see some new card components uh used pretty effectively um but i was i was really happy this deck is kind of built to beat warrior yeah so it was kind of nice to see the current meta dethroned that said i don't think the defensive ninja deck is the best deck we're going to see in the future yeah. It just kind of represents a shift, right? Like it it beat the current meta. It's a very good deck. 
but then we're I think we're gonna evolve past that. Or who knows, you know, maybe it's a good deck all around. Yeah, well it's it's good to recognize that the new ninja combos, instead of blocking for two, they now defend for three. Yeah. So huge. so that's huge. Um and I did like his use of drones of brutality to have those at the end of the game. So you have those big hits when your opponent is like, you know, fatigued out. Um, you know that you have something to hit with more than some combo cards that maybe, you know, mess around in a in twos and threes or kadachis, you know. So that was um a really good heads up play. Yeah. Or, or just good good tech for the deck, which I, I really liked. Um so yeah, any more thoughts about that tournament or or any of the play we saw? Um, not especially. Uh there's an aggro dash deck that lost but was pretty interesting. You know, there uh there's definitely a lot more to the tournament than we're talking about right now. Yeah. You guys can check it out. Yeah, totally. There's only a you know, we're not if you can't tell, we don't live in New Zealand, so we couldn't be there to see all of the different decks and matchups and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, there's a few gameplay, a few games on there. Oh, one good point I thought was interesting. I think it was the deck that beat the aggro dash deck. Was yeah, a it was warrior, a warrior deck, deck that yeah. very effectively used the counters. Which count? Oh yeah, he, plus one counters yeah. on her sword. Yeah, yeah. which uh, is very difficult to consistently pull off and he was doing it yeah i wonder too if that is just because of the the matchup was poor that he was just kind of steamrolling right that dash deck that then he could get those um get counters on dawn blade right like maybe that's huge. not his yeah maybe not plan. yeah but anyway we'll see um we do have one more uh little announcement that uh, I didn't preview at the top of the show, but it's just a little bit more of news. Um, if you don't know, the new product, uh, the new set coming in March, was officially announced on Flesh and Blood's website. Um, it's called Monarch. It's coming out in March of 2021. The most interesting thing about that is, in the announcement, it says... You know, it gives you a little blurb or whatever to get you psyched. But then there are some runes, just like some runic gibberish in the kind of graphic of the um, announcement. And in what previously happened with the uh, Arcane Rising box, there were some runes on there and people deciphered that code. So the code in this uh, announcement has been deciphered. Um, and if you are currently a person who's who's working on that, trying to figure it out. It has been figured out, but if you don't want it spoiled, just skip ahead um, four seconds because I'm about to, I'm going to read here what it says. You ready? It's pretty epic. I'm ready. I haven't heard this yet. Yeah, so I know. I'm exactly. Excited. Yeah. So what the runes say is the following. I woke in the darkness amongst a ravenous legion. My body birthed from the shadows, my talons formed by the night. And as I grew, my hunger too. And the world of the master filled my mind. Child, let's bathe in the blood of the monarch. Let's dance on the grave of light. Whoa. Awesome. <laughs> sold. I'm sold. <laughs> I will be picking up this next set. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's pretty great too. Um, have spoiled that's like really epic leaves a lot of questions who is the monarch um what are the talons you know there's a Who's lot of speaking yeah yeah there's there's a lot going on how you know does this have to do with uh the shapeshifter gemini etc you know there's just a lot of lore questions and that sort of thing but that's for another episode so this uh coming set is also fully draftable I don't know if that means that it'll be 15 cards a pack or 10 or well, there's, if there's new character or how this will work, but yeah, it, it'll, unlike this set, yeah, Crucible, yeah. this next one will be a fully draftable yeah, set. Yeah, there's, um, it's a it's a big beefy boy too. It's 306 cards, which is nuts. Nice. That's like 50, 60 more cards than either of the first two sets. That's going to be extremely exciting after this uh 
you know, six month drought we're about to have. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, okay, let's get into the meat of the podcast here. So we're going to talk about the the new set, our first impressions, and um, how we chose to explore the card. So uh, if you missed our first episode, um, me and Isaac and two of our other friends are in like a little friendship bubble um, during the, the uh, lockdown here in the U.S. Um, so we're able to sometimes get together and the four of us get to play games and that sort of thing. Uh, mainly just flesh and blood. Um, so we all got together on, uh, let's see, today's the 5th. So when was that? Tuesday? Last doesn't, Tuesday? Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah Tuesday and does, Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't matter. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> okay, so we got together and we opened uh, three boxes together. Um, so the four of us, we really like draft and limited play um and we think that's like the best way to explore new cards and stuff is to just play with them right out of the box rather than stare at them um so we kind of tried to formulate a way to figure out how to draft um this game you want to take us through our 1.0 version there isaac yeah sure and yeah we were pretty interested in forcing this draft because like I may like draft the least out of all of us and prefer constructed, but it's still, it's like so much better point you've made. You, you get to like learn and play with every card Mm -hmm. or, you know, a bunch of cards that you pull, which is pretty fun. Um, It's kind of more relaxed. Yeah. It's just like a good time all together. And yeah, so we did open one of the boxes because we didn't have time to like draft all of the cards because the amount of time it was taking. So we did open one of the boxes, which is like kind of like Christmas morning and awesome. Oh, yeah. But uh, was maybe like a little less exciting or underwhelming compared to the, you know, the draft, the the pick and pass draft. Yep. Um, So the first thing we tried to do was we had all of the characters and all of their generic cards or their common cards or common cards yeah to uh pull or to pick and choose and then we drafted how many pack four packs each three Three packs each from the new set and then pulled expecting to pick a character right so like i played ninja right the first time around so i drafted all the ninja cards i could find including a benji which was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. And then you pick up the stack of all of the older mm-hmm. ninja common cards. Yep. And then you make a deck with that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that worked out okay. So we wound up with um, 36 cards to choose from, which was maybe too many because it just wound up feeling like not a draft deck, but kind of just like a starter deck. You know, you didn't get to play with as many of the new cards as you really wanted to, which was okay. I mean, still really fun. Yeah. Had a great time. And, like, because we only play with two decks each. Yeah. You know, like, I got to play Benji the Ninja. Yeah. But you're right. It was the new set kind of splashed in to, like, tried and true combos, um, which was fine, but not not your typical exploring a new set draft yeah. experience. I, I think that way to draft is possible. I think you have to kind of maybe A, own more cards than we do, or B, kind of sit and tinker with the uh, pool of cards that are available for each class. So maybe have less of the class cards in it and maybe just like, a few more generic, like just generic common cards. Right. For you to be able to put into whatever cards you draft. Also, three packs was maybe not enough, but... um, Right, so we were... I suggested opening more packs. Yeah. But our concern was we didn't want to open so many that there was like... You weren't really worried about the decision you're making drafting. Yeah, right. So... Anyway, we decided to uh, keep it at three. Right. So that worked okay. Was still fun. 
um, you know, the the four of us there, we were just in such a frenzy because there's new cards and playing and stuff. You yeah, know? like I, drinking battle bourbon. Yeah, it's just like late. having a great yeah, it's too time too late at night. Um, but then, so then the next morning we uh, kind of revised our plan, decided to play a new, just like off the top of our heads. Yeah. So uh, draft plan. So yeah, let's let's hear it. Okay. So what we then decided in work, what worked out way better. Um, is we each got six packs. Yeah. Yeah. Each of us got six packs. And then we decided that you could have two classes in your deck. So, if, so I wound up drafting, um, Guardian and Brute. And I put both of those cards into my deck. And so I had to choose whether or not I was going to be a Guardian Brute. Or a brute guardian, so I would either play um, Rhinar or Bravo, and then have both of those cards um, card pools in my deck, and that okay. was much much more fun. And so we didn't have any of the generics for either class available. This is decks yep. built with only the cards we drafted from Crucible. Yeah. And so if a uh, brute card says your next brute attack, it still doesn't affect your other, you know, cards are what they are. You're yeah. just like allowed to have two in there. But it was pretty fun. Like I played Ranger Splash Ninja, right? Um, which the Ranger is pretty rough to play in draft, but it's still <laughs> a lot of fun to, uh, you know, splash in another character's cards. Uh, this isn't like a recommended tournament no, format, this is but this is like our pretty, tabletop. Yeah. Pretty fun for like a for a set that you can't draft. Yeah, you know, it, this is pretty mm-hmm. successful. Yeah, it definitely wound up feeling like a draft, you know, that you could um, pick cards that maybe synergized and worked together and that sort of thing, and that you could figure out what your person to your left and your right was picking. So then you could like hate draft some cards. Like our buddy Troy was also running Guardian. And so Crater Fist, the new. Um, uh, hand fist piece for the equipment came around to me first and so I just hate drafted it even though I wanted to go uh, brute guardian not guardian brute but then I wound up with that majestic piece of equipment so I went you know guardian brute which worked out um, pretty good the new guardian cards are just like awesome so yeah I think we're gonna as we mentioned before uh, maybe we haven't a uh, guardian player made it to the top eight. Oh, and at Nelson, um, I'm not sure which. Yeah, the, the yeah. most recent one. Yeah. So, uh, uh, guardian has been like underwhelming or considered not as good. But it's like if you make it to the top eight with them, and now there's this whole new set. I think we're gonna see, well, a lot of a lot of the characters. You this know, is your like hot Ranger, take. Wizard, Guardian. You know, they're all very viable. Oh, which yeah. We haven't unlocked all of it yet. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you got a buddy or a couple of buddies or whatever and you're, you haven't opened your crucible cards yet, or you got another box coming, um, I suggest, uh, trying out either of these Wonkadoo draft formats we came up with and, uh, letting us know. So, uh, hit us up on, uh, discord or on the Facebook group or, our email, the attack action podcast at gmail.com. For all the many people who didn't open any of their new boxes, <laughs> waiting to see how we would recommend drafting them, <laughs> you got it. Yeah, there it is. You can open them now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. Okay. Well, um, what are your hot takes after that experience? Um, On the draft format? Or just like, how does crucible feel compared to the other two sets oh yeah so i did have i mean i was very happy with it right Mm -hmm. i think it's very good um i i did have a complaint so they reprinted all of the old heroes and all of the old weapons in this set yeah so it's like instead of 15 cards it's only 10 um there are very few generics which i was really surprised at some packs didn't have any generics yeah and uh you're getting cards for eight uh, characters. Yeah. Which is pretty wild. So, um, reprint. So this set is not playable on its own. So nobody can buy this set and play the game. 
right? Or well, right. I think I kind of doubt it. So I, I think you the, could if you had if you wound up with the starters at least. If and you had the starter deck, one in. Yeah, yeah but then, then you don't need a reprint of the character. Right. Anyway, reprinting the old heroes and weapons, I felt like was pretty unnecessary because I don't think this set's playable on its own. Yeah. So reprinting those, uh, it's just a bummer that one of your ten cards were those things. Or sometimes yeah. you'd get like two or three in a pack. Um, that's my complaint. Uh. Yeah, but, set, but like we talked about, just to briefly kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, it's like that in a lot of TCGs. So if like you pick Pokemon, right, you have worthless energy cards in your booster pack or magic, you have lands and stuff. So there are usually kind of dead cards in booster packs most of the time. Sometimes those serve uh, for draft purposes. No, that's like true. Like a cracked bottle yeah. Yeah. or a character. Yeah. But yeah, no, not, a, not quitting the game or anything. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm just saying. But yeah. that's a good counterpoint to my counterpoint. Touche. <laughs> um, that said, though, um, I mean, they delivered on their promise that opening packs felt like a opening a treasure chest. Yeah, totally. Right? Like, yeah. a lot of the cards are pretty, pretty great. Mm-hmm. And anyway, do you have any hot takes you want to splice in here? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I'm pretty surprised at how they simultaneously made all of the new cards feel, well, the majority of them feel really powerful, but yet at the same time, difficult to evaluate, to put into your character you're already playing. You know what I mean? Like, I feel, I'm like, looking at the cards and saying to myself i want to put that into my deck but looking at my deck of cards where does that fit in you know right most of these cards are not just an upgrade from old cards i mean you can maybe splash them in a little bit to your old deck to make it better or more interesting but it seems like a lot of ways like with the arc knight Mm -hmm. or with with the brute you can now go wide maybe or maybe not yet maybe you need another set yeah or wider Um, than you could go yeah yeah uh the ranger has a little more um options for playing defensively and going tall so it's like yeah the set's excellent uh very few cards are just an upgrade they're more they more offer an alternative way to play your deck yeah which i think is very which is like what, very needed and yeah, very valuable in this game. Definitely. What the game really needed is um, new weapons, new cards that support different play styles for the characters and, and that sort of thing. The new cards are, are just wild. Yeah. You know, it's just I'm extremely happy with them overall. I'm I was pretty surprised when I sat down to build um, Dorinthia dual wield, how hard it was to put in the new cards um, to figure out how viable those cards are with her having two sabers. And the same thing uh, playing Viscerai also is using all the new cards. I wound up, you know, putting together a deck that goes much wider consistently than my previous builds had been. And and that's uh, just really exciting. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, in a game that has eight very different characters and it's kind of rock, paper, scissors and everybody's viable, now it feels like more than before this new set, now you you maybe have three different play styles for each of those characters. Right. So then that rock, paper, scissors between a lot of different types of decks is just like blown up. Yeah, exactly. And it makes... Um maybe sideboarding too now is like a much tougher decision like your 20 card sideboard is could go anyway because now you can now those slots are taken up perhaps by equipment you know yeah you know like we were talking about with your ranger deck you were kind of complaining that maybe it's like a little too expensive like your cost curve is kind of weird and i suggested that you should just put in the new bow redliner and see how that feels just run the same cards and if you don't have to pay for uh, that ability to put a card 
into your arsenal perhaps that like changes the whole thing you know yeah and what we're finding is it's until you play test your decks it's like impossible to know how a card behaves or how it affects your yeah your deck you yeah. know like because i made a deck and then i have other ideas but i just i need to i need to play with it three or five times yeah same and then tinker obviously same um were there any kind of standout cards that you uh, had that you thought about um yeah i can go first on this um i would like to talk about the uh the traps new traps to start off oh yeah those um are, as as your opponent finding out about those was uh devastating <laughs> yeah so these cards are very interesting they're defensive reactions for the ranger only right and they can only be played from arsenal yep and they're they're quite good so pitfall trap is i think the best one it's a yellow you can pitch it for two it's free blocks for three and you deal two damage to the attacking hero unless they pay a resource. Which, when the first time you played that against me, I did not... Because I didn't draft any ranger cards during our whole situation earlier in the week. And I didn't see that card or just was like not interested in the, in the ranger card. And then you played that. And I had played all of my cards. And it was like my last attack, spent my last resource on my last attack. And you played that and just... Right, that's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> that's so upsetting. Block three Mori and do two damage. Totally. It's one of those moments where you, you're like, you have the ha-ha moment. I'm playing another card. Smile on my face. And you're like, okay, pay me one or take two. And then your smile just goes instantly into a frown. And, and ugh. Right. So these are, so yeah, these are very fun to play. Yeah. Um, and very good. And so I appreciate them because I was having trouble playing defense with Azalea. Um, so these offer a nice way to do that. I do like them because they, they're very good, but they have some like huge drawbacks, right? So you can only play them from Arsenal. Right. So you have to get one into your Arsenal, and then you need to play it on your opponent's next turn to free up your Arsenal. Right. Or if you have to, you can use Azalea's ability to get rid of it. But the catch is the more defense reactions and traps you have in your deck, Azalea's ability, if you choose to gamble with that, is less likely to hit an arrow. Right. Right. Also, the traps don't work from hand. So if you draw them on your opponent's next turn, you can't. It's a dead card. Yeah. And then it's a dead card in your next attack. Yeah. So, uh... I feel like they're very balanced. Um, well, I think that's just a, another illustration of how excellent the game design is. Oh, yeah. You know, is that they they can put a card into the game that has all of these caveats for you to be able to play it. But when you play it, uh, if it's always a feel-good moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Never do you have to go through all of that rigmarole to get that defense reaction into your arsenal and then you play it and you're like well that sucked you know yeah. or, or maybe it felt like that for you but as the defending player you're always like oh god yeah no way <laughs> trap I'm, I'm always like worth it curses awesome. <laughs> tripwire <laughs> ouch yeah um so yeah those are uh those traps are well, and the, very fresh. Gosh, the fresh art cards. The artwork on those is so good, and how much. Um, oh gosh, what do we say? The artwork is great, and just the fact that it's like, I did not see that that's where the ranger would go. Makes sense as you're like a hunter in the woods that you would have traps set. Yeah, very thematic. Yeah, as all the characters and yeah. all their cards yeah. are. Yeah, I think I said during that game too, like stop running away <laughs> come here get stabbed and it's like oh pit trap <laughs> oh, so good yeah um, very fresh idea very cool yeah all right let's hear it oh what my cards are yeah. or what my well so um i'm not sure if i previewed this in the uh the episode one but the I'm loving the Rune Blade's new sword, um, the Reaping Blade, 
just for the fact that it costs one now and with the new cards for Runeblade, they they have there's a lot of go again and things are a lot cheaper like meet and greet only costs one and if i deal any arcane damage it it gets go again or if i play it with maruvian skies then that gives the attack action card i play go again and the fact that reaping blade only costs one rather than two makes it so i can get off a second or third attack you know as the rune blade which is you know which is much harder to defend for sure um you know it's like a a uh gosh it's almost like dawn blade but you know more sinister <laughs> but it's not because it doesn't it, it doesn't get go again as much i have yet to run into um its ability being very useful yet the fact that if you have more health you can't gain health type of thing Right, so you've only played against me with that deck so far. Right. So only two decks, uh, my decks, don't gain life. Um, you know, Turtle Ninja gains life. Yeah. Right, you know, so, so it may come into play mm -hmm. um, the more you play with it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, having a new weapon that costs one, I think um, the few conversations I've watched or be, been a part of on Discord, um, people are still kind of wondering whether or not reaping blade is actually a uh really viable weapon or not if it's better than nebula blade it is nice that nebula blade gives you um a rune chant at the end and hits for one more but i haven't felt that i've been missing that one rune chant at the end of my attack chain because most of the time now i can start off my um next turn with cards that are going to generate rune chance already so it's okay that i don't have one sitting there the only time it really hurts is when i don't have any rune chance and i draw um reduce to rune chant the defense reaction that's free if i have a rune chant so and it only blocks for four. So those are the only times when that really hurts, which I could probably just switch those cards out for something like Red Sink Below or Fate Foreseen or something like that. That's tough because that I think you successfully used that card two or three times. Yeah. And then, you know, unsuccessfully used it once in the two games we played. With right. Viscerai. Yeah. So, I, you know, and that card blocks for four and makes a rune chant. Yeah. So I don't, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's a tough call. But overall, I haven't been missing the extra damage or the um, uh, the extra rune chant. Plus, now it feels much easier to play a Razor, you know, play Razor Reflex on top of Reaping Blade because of the, the discounted cost. So, um that's that's a little bit more fun also okay back to you what's your next uh card um i'm gonna use flying kick as an example but um right the okay new, the new ninja so card. the red one costs yeah. two hits for five and if flying kick is played as chain link three or higher it gains plus two yeah. was this an ira's deck uh yeah 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 but there's a number of new cards for the ninja yeah that can combo off of so like this card you can uh combo off of your kadachis right right yeah and there's like a number of new cards that aren't combo specific right that they work pretty well yeah. comboing off of any combo or off of your kadachis so now it seems you don't have to choose to like hunt for or pull off specific combos you can kind of make a more flexible deck or like you know with this card just you swing with kadachis twice and then it triggers its ability right um and yeah i'm not going to get into it but there's a there are a lot of ninja cards that seem a little more flexible if that's the the way you're choosing to go yeah i really like what they did um with ninja i think 
it makes it much more fun, I think, for me as a person who was not very excited about Ninja. But now I really like the new combos and that sort of thing and think that is uh, just much more fun to play. Yeah, and I mean, Benji also oh, yeah. introduces a whole new, yeah. only, Blitz only, but yeah. a whole new way to play with the Ninja that is not combo-based, but still pings you to death. You know, yeah. Uh, watching Benji be played is like bananas. Benji's so good, it's so cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and uh, our friend Troy, he played Kayo in our very first game, and you happen to be the opponent. And he he throws out his six damage attack, and then hits the six, and blasts you for twelve. And then next turn does it again. Yeah. This is the first two rounds of the first game of draft, and I'm Benji. Yeah. Trying to stick him in the side <laughs> with my dagger. And he swings for 17 and then 15 in the first uh, two yeah. rounds. Amazing. Got me down to one health and then I came back though. Which is pretty wild. <laughs> Draft's wild. But uh, yeah. So Kyle's a whole nother. <laughs> anyway, let's hear your next pick. We can talk about Kyle later. Um, probably my last card that I thought was a crazy standout uh, was Emerging Dominance for Guardian. Uh, I thought... Getting to draft that and play that and have a card that I can set up a turn that buffs my Guardian attack and gives it Dominate was really great. Because now I don't have to worry about Bravo's like paying. I'm still paying the two resources but to give a card Dominate, but I'm doing it the turn before. Which is what Bravo is all about. Yeah, totally. So that... That was a really feel-good situation because it really um, allowed me to have the flexibility to be able to block out a few damage, but then still get off a big dominate attack, which was really great. I think in our draft game, um, I think I stole the momentum in one of our games with like a emerging dominance uh, spinal crush, which was like so fun. Um, and then I wound up winning that game, I think, with another Spinal Crush, which was pretty great. But just to be able to, you know, have that dominate set up and your opponent knows it's coming is is really, really fun. Yeah, and it's with the Guardian, it's a lot. I mean, you're setting up a huge power play with two turns worth of cards. So you have eight cards to pay for these things. So having more cards setting up the next turn is excellent mm-hmm. since it... Uh, a lot of times it seems unaffordable for him in one turn. Yeah. Just more options for the next turn is great. Yeah, and that's that's really how every class feels, that um, there are more just options to do stuff. I, I, I really think coming into the next bit of the competitive season that we're really going to see the players are going to figure out something really devastating. And I don't mean just like with Guardian. I just mean in general with any class. Like it feels like any class right now could just really turn the corner and be just really scary. (laughs) You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, Hopefully that will be... So a lot of the like the Guardian or the Brute I'll use for example um, can hit really hard if unchecked. Right, yeah. so hopefully, as players master these new cards and decks, there, you can still counter these massive comp. Like, I mean, because the Arknight has them, Azalea has like there's huge combos floating yeah. out there. But if you're on your heels, you can't pull one off, right. or you take right, yeah, fourteen damage to pull it off next turn. Yeah, exactly. So it, hopefully, these combos are uh, still. It's, you're still able to interrupt them pretty effectively. Yeah. Totally. We'll find out, though. We'll find out. Um, you got a whole mess of cards over here I'm looking at. I like it that you're using your physical copies. Um, this one's just... a foil as well. <laughs> yeah, if you can't hear that in our voice, uh, this card's a foil. They can't know? hear the shiny they over there. Maybe they can. You're just not holding it close enough to the mic. <laughs> All right, I'm only going to talk about one more card, though. Okay. Um, Because, so, we can dissect more of the set in the next podcast. And also, we... So, Taylor plays Warrior and the Arknight. Yeah. I play Brute and the Ranger. Yep. 
Um, so a lot of the mechanics and cards we talk about are kind of biased towards them, yeah. especially with a brand new set. Well, we'll get our other uh, flesh and blood bubble mates as guests on the podcast to talk about the other classes. Right. Yeah. So like the mechanologist is just on speed running through the matrix across the table for me. And I have no idea what's happening, right? Yeah. So I can't spoil any of, or, you know, dissect any of her cards yet. But as yeah. we play more with this set, we'll, uh, we'll give the other characters some more love, you know? Yeah, definitely. But, uh, so this is the last card I'm going to talk about, uh, is reinforce the line. Shiny. Right. Foil. Shiny version. Yeah um red so as a red yeah it's free it's a generic instant and target defending attack card gains plus four defense yeah. mm-hmm. and we were talking about this earlier the reason this card is so good or you know obviously balanced but uh so useful in certain situations is because as an instant right like i attack you defend right. i play attack reaction you play defense reaction yeah. we both pass yeah then it's over, all the cards are on the table, right? Yeah. But then you're able to play this instant after all that happens. So it's a it's a way to counter, you know, even their attack reactions. It's like it comes after everything. Yeah. Right? Right. Um, well, especially, so it's effective because there's not an attack instant unless you're Kano. Right. Right. So like as you're resolving down the layers on the chain, you can then bust out, reinforce the line. Right. Yeah. So that's what makes it uh, a pretty potent card. But it also has to be played on an attack action. Right. Right. So if you're attacking with your weapon, it doesn't or defending with a non-attack action, it doesn't work. Right. And it doesn't do anything on its own. Right. And the blue one only adds plus two. Yeah. You know, so it's like very balanced. And, you know, we'll see if this card gets cycled into every deck or is just like not played so much because it's too niche or too limited in how mm-hmm. you can play it. But it's just a very interesting, once the entire attack's laid out, then you can defend again mm-hmm. if need be. Yeah. Um, for free. Yeah. Um. But, you know, maybe having more defense reactions in your deck instead of these is just more flexible. Right. I think that's that's a kind of hard one to evaluate because currently it feels like it's just a defense reaction. Um, and if you have a, a better take on this, please uh, let us know. Email us at theattackactionpodcast at gmail.com or find me on Discord at Mr. Beefhammer. So... Um, let me know what you think about that card. Because right now it just feels like um, just another defense reaction. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't feel that good, honestly, to me right now. Yeah. But it, it's introduced a new mechanic. Or not, inst- instant isn't a new mechanic, right. but a new function. Yeah, for you know, instance. Like this, this thing it's doing is like not seen before. And maybe this card becomes very useful after three more sets. Right. And there's like more craziness happening. Mm-hmm. So that's why I find it pretty interesting. Because the the developers say they've designed a lot of these cards ahead of time. Yeah. And they're they're designed to play now or later. Right. Or both. Yeah. Or you know. So not every card is like awesome right now, but it's just like building on the whole game. Yeah, of course. And um I'm just I'm really pleased with this set of cards. I just love the options it's given to all the classes and the deck building options and that sort of thing. And I'm really excited. I think we we've only got like three games in so far with our constructed decks. Um, with the new cards. Yeah, with yeah. the new cards, which I'm I'm so excited to get more games in and really just fine tune those things and understand the intricacies of how those cards interact with previous cards and that sort of thing. It, it's just really, you know, anytime a new set comes out, it's just really exciting. And it's, it's really great too, that the set is so good. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to take quite a long time, even though there's a lot of very smart players, I think it's going to take quite a while. Yeah. 
to unlock the potential of all these cards. And as meta swings back and forth and people make decks to counter other deck, you know, it's uh feels like I, I can't understand the amount of possibility. Yeah. I here. This is my hot take. Wizard wins nationals. Right? It's been the wizard's been in his cave deciphering the runes, reading the signs, learning new spells, and now he's going to emerge and take down the top players. Yeah, I'm a That's my hot take. Wizard. I'm more afraid of the wizard than any other character, <laughs> you know? Yeah. When I sit down to play. Yeah. It's like uh I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Not totally. I don't even know what you're supposed to do, you know? It's just playing a whole different different game. And whose turn is it? It's just it's gonna be nuts. Speaking of the way this will be quick, but yeah. uh so playing against the wizard, it's really interesting because at least the way that Mitch is playing his deck in its infancy may mm-hmm. change. But every single game, if I'm about to win, he can like fish for the top card of his deck and try to kill me first. Yeah. That's every, so fun. Every game. <laughs> right. So every game, if it's close, he has like a shot in the dark yeah. to kill me. Yeah. It's not like he has to pull off this crazy combo. It's not, it's like Every single time, which is like pretty nuts, you know, that's a very fun mechanic. Yeah. That he can just like, you know, shoot a lightning bolt in my chest as I'm about to smash him. <laughs> yeah. Which is also thematic, you know? I, yeah. It's, um, it's magic, you know? <laughs> thematic magic. That should have been the name of our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to move into our final two segments here. Um, so yours and mine favorite is uh, pick pass prey so the situation is you're in a draft here and these are the three cards that I'm going to give to you and you have to pick one pass one and pray that you get another one back okay I'm ready okay so here we go first up is we have wounded bull yellow which Nice. Cost three reads, when you play Wounded Bull, if you have less health than your opponent, gains plus one. It's an attack for six, defends for two. Generic action. Second card, Wounding Blow, red, costs zero, attacks for four, defends for three. Oh. Flavor text, farmhands, villagers, and slaves, easily replaceable wretches that must be taught the joys of obedience. Final card, Raging Onslaught Blue. Costs three, attacks for five, defends for three. And it has flavor text, Bartrand the Bloody hunted anything that crossed his path, slaying ruthless bandits and savage beasts. They say that his mighty great axe was forged from the ashes of his enemies and tempered with their blood. And this is in a draft setting, and I don't know what character I'm playing. Correct. Do, 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 do. Can't Dang. play too much of that. This is a good... Or else we'll have to pay copyright. Well, I've never heard that song before in my life. Oh, the Jeopardy song? Is that no, how... Bo- <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, which one are you picking? Right. Which one are you passing? Which one are you praying for? I'm picking Wounded Bull. Why? Praying I'll get Wounding Blow. Oh. And passing on Raging Onslaught. Okay, walk me through that decision point. Uh, so in draft, Yellow Wounded Bull is a six attack. And it also can probably pay for things mm-hmm. in draft setting, right? Right. Pretty flexible. Yeah. And it, it hits pretty hard. Like, hitting hard in draft is... Yeah, great. Cost three, though. It does. It was a poor choice. (laughs) But you can still pitch it for resources. Um, Kind of the same uh, reasoning. Wounding blow is four damage for free. No go again. Right? Not, I mean, not a bad card. Not a great card. But it's just free damage in a draft. Um. This is tough, though. It could go anyway, you know? <laughs> so you're, you're picking Wounded Bull. You're passing Wounded Blow. 
No, I'm praying. Oh, you pray. You, you do want that back. Yeah. Oh, okay. definitely. Okay. Raging Onslaught, great as blue. So it pays for your whole turn, probably, in yeah. a draft. But three costs for five. You know, even in a draft, it might not. Maybe that's not very effective. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, mine... I think I'm picking Wounding Blow because I like cards that are free, right? So it means I will be able to play it on any turn. Yeah. You know, if that's in my hand and for some reason the resources don't work out for something better, I can always play that and just attack for four, which I which is a better number to defend against than five or six, I think, you know, because it's... For the cost, definitely. For the cost, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm picking Wounding Blow. And then I'm picking Raging, or excuse me, I'm going to pat. Let me start over. Picking Wounding Blow. I'm passing Wounded Bull. And then I'm going to pray I get Raging Onslaught back. And the reason for that is Raging Onslaught gives me three resources and defends for three. Wounded Bull, yellow here, only gives me two resources in defense for two. I don't like defend for two cards very much, and I like the overall um, flexibility of Raging Onslaught, that I can get three resources in defend for three, even if I don't use it for an attack. I think those two aspects make it a little bit better in this limited format. Great argument. Thank you. Wounded Bull it attacks for seven half the time. Well, right, which it, is one of those four, yeah, yeah. seven, yeah, which is know, a great, ten, which whatever. is the number you want things to be at, yeah. But you may be right. Maybe you're right. <laughs> Who knows? We'll have to draft these cards later. Um, let us know what you would pick out of those. Um, send us an email: the Attack Action Podcast at gmail.com. Um, okay, the final new segment um, is called uh, A Game from the Closet. So this week, Isaac's going to give us an elevator pitch uh, about a game that's not flesh and blood. And uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit. So what's your game this week, Isaac? Right. So we, we play a lot of board games. Yeah. And have a lot of fun with tons of them. And uh, so this segment is not the best game out there right now right right? or our favorite current game Mm -hmm. it's just like a game out of the closet that we like we're gonna share yeah so i'm gonna share one um so i chose this week rising sun oh which is a a battle game on a map yeah dudes on a map with giant awesome figurines Mm -hmm. um designed by eric lang from come on games and it has a lot of, this game has a lot of things I like. Um, it can play more than four players, which mm-hmm. a lot of games are one to four. Yeah. Probably most games. Playing more, it, it may even get better with more than four, right? Um, I also enjoy that it has uh, like a tea ceremony at the beginning. I really like that in games where you forge alliances, non-binding. Mm-hmm. You can backstab each other. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then it it uh, has the, it's not overly complex, but it has the battle aspect of you move your troops into strategic position based on different factors. And then at the end you battle each other and the battles are very, very tough. You're definitely playing a little poker game against your opponent. Yeah. And if I choose to devote many resources to this battle and win then my opponent's better set up in the next battle in the next region Mm -hmm. um this game is great if you enjoy that type of game it's probably the best game like i like it better than any other game of this type (laughs) oh you might be able to hear my dog in the background yeah um Rising Sun is really interesting. I mean, it's one of those strategic uh, war games, and it it plays through like uh, different phases throughout the game. Like on your turn, you have uh, you know the tea ceremony, 
where you make alliances and then you have the kind of order ser- or phase where you're issuing orders and moving your troops around the map and then the it ends with the battle phase where you like do battle which is pretty bananas because when you have a phase at the end where you know battle's going to happen you can see what all the moves are everybody's doing and what you can do and how it's like all going to play out to a degree when the battles come so it creates a really nice tension it's also very like maybe fun and thematic this isn't a really like dry long game yeah it's like pretty mm-hmm. well pretty and engaging, the, the, the art know? direction is really good it comes with um gigantic beautiful miniatures like you could you bit you um are playing in like fantasy medieval japan so you have these giant uh oni demons on the map you know and, and they're yeah it's really good yeah so that's my pitch great game yeah it is a good game it's uh i'm sure it's available maybe uh, at retail stores and that sort of thing and um but it is rather expensive so you got to kind of have the budget for that game but that's you, true but if you like tactical kind of war games with a strong theme then this is uh definitely a game for you yeah great pick isaac thanks <laughs> We'll hear your pick next week or in a couple weeks. Yeah, next episode. Whenever we, uh, yeah. Yeah, next episode. Whenever we do that. Totally. Well, um, thank you, everybody. Oh, you have one more thing you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to start one more segment at the end. Nice. Surprise to me. This will be like a one-sentence segment from now on. Because I did this last week or last episode with Rusted Relic. Yeah. So my segment is Riddle Me This. (laughs) Because I keep finding cards that I like can't can't break, figure out, understand how to play. Yeah, like you, you you want to play them but can't justify them, but know that it probably has a like use. There's something there. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so rusted relic before my new one is a uh, Coxa commotion. Right? Oh yeah. Red zero cost for attack. Mm-hmm. If Coxa Commotion hits, choose any number. Each hero creates a Quicken token. Each hero draws a card. Each hero gains one life. So this is like, I mean, you're attacking. Yeah. It doesn't have go again. Right. So then maybe your turn's over after it. Right. But maybe you gave it go again or have another action point. So does a Quicken token benefit you more? Drawing a card benefit you more? Yeah. Or does it set your opponent up better? Anyway, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> there, I could go on and on. It's totally. crazy. I'm going to give no rebuttal. So as <laughs> our five listeners out there could rebuttal against you. Which brings me to uh, a huge thank you and shout out to anybody who's listened to our podcast. Um, we have about like, you know, over 20 listeners or whatever. Um, Great. Which is excellent. You know, we're just doing this and throwing it out there. And I appreciate everybody who's... Um, liked any of my plugs on facebook or um there have been a few people on discord who have just sent me a message saying they like the podcast thank you um so much that means a lot to us and really um i think was a huge motivator for us to try to get this episode out for sure yeah and we really appreciate you know even if only like two people listen to it yeah it's like uh right now with the covid pandemic yeah um, there's much less of a sense of community in general. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's like no board game community for us. There's no card shops having tournaments. There's yeah. no nothing like this. So having uh, a game we play together and having uh, interaction and feeling like we have a community with the flesh yeah. and blood community out there and watching, uh, you know, the haven of new zealand like play in person you know like yeah. any way we can engage or benefit or interact with the... yeah and give back yeah, you know i totally you know that's it's a game that's inspired us so much that we wanted to make a podcast to contribute to the content creation that's going out there for this game because uh the more people that are making content for the game and that's out there it means more people will get to see and play it and then you know, that helps us because then we'll have more people to play against one day in the 
new future we're all building together. Yes, thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks New Zealand. Thanks developers. Thanks Team Covenant. And like the other podcasts, obviously. Yeah. Keep it up. Yeah, definitely. Session Blood, you're doing great. Um, I'm really excited for Radio Reflex's third season because the winner of that season is going to bestow the wonderful uh, a tattoo. So the loser has to get a tattoo. So if you haven't been listening flesh to Flesh and the, Blood tattoo. Yeah, it has to get a specific Flesh and Blood tattoo, which I have many tattoos, so I would be stoked on that. Um, high stakes. Their podcast is high stakes over there. <laughs> yeah, totally. I know. What are <laughs> They're we, playing for real. What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's great. Um, so yeah, hit us up on uh, Discord, Mr. Beef Hammer, or uh, I'm on Facebook, the Facebook group also. Um, leave a comment on the post um, for the show on Facebook if you have any questions or want to hear anything or email us at the attack action podcast at gmail yeah we love discussion prompts or just things to puzzle you know yep not nothing's too insignificant to like talk about yeah yeah because we talk about everything under the sun about this game so yep uh thank you everybody i hope you have a great week i hope you're listening to this podcast and it's sunny and it's beautiful outside um you deserve all of the great things that are happening and going to happen in your life And until next episode, talk to you later. Bye-bye.